0: Okay, take two, take two, everybody. Hi, Brian Sussman here, Brian Sussman Show, Faith, Family, Freedom, encouraging, equipping you with the truth. This particular podcast that I'm recording right now is actually a re-recording. I did this initially yesterday. It was meant to be published this morning, 3 a.m. Pacific, as my podcasts usually are. Uh, But I, I just... Didn't feel comfortable with the product yesterday and therefore didn't set it up to be published early, early, early this morning. It's interesting how things tend to work out oftentimes. I would like to say that my life is led by the Spirit of God and I think in this particular case we have proof. Here's what happened. I wasn't happy with yesterday's recording. I didn't publish it. I thought I can I can get back to the grinder and, and do better on this day today, Tuesday. I had a meeting with a gentleman who runs a local radio station. Uh, We're going to be, I'm going to be on this local radio station probably a few weeks from now. I'll give you all those details later. But it's another venue for me to talk to people and engage with people so that when the time comes, I can tell them about my new book. And uh, I just, I want to have an outlet to tell about the book and get the word out there about this book, which I'm, with each passing day, more excited about. And again, I'm sorry I haven't given you many specifics, although I have read bits and pieces to you. Uh, It's another book about Marxism. It's another book about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's another book about climate, because they're all three working together the climate is being used as a Marxist tool to dismantle life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So a little teaser, it's just a furtherance of my past books. Anyway, I was at the radio station today talking with this particular gentleman, just setting up some details, and his girlfriend was there. His girlfriend is a wonderful, charming woman who, During the course of our conversation, it became very clear to me, man, she is up on her politics and she is up on her Marxism. And forgive me for being judgmental, but I said, Were you born in this country? And she said, No, she was born in Shanghai. Oh, when did you come to America? She said, 1982. I said, 1982. Well, the only way you could immigrate to America in 1982 from China is if you escaped China. Because back in the 80s, you couldn't do that. She goes, you're exactly right. I said, well, I need to hear your story. She said, well, from the ages of 16 to 26, I was in a concentration camp. Because she would not accept communism. 16 years old, would not accept it. 10 years years in a concentration camp. She was finally able to escape the camp and she became a refugee in her own country, living underground. And then finally she was able to escape and finally come to America. It's interesting some of the things she talked to me about in our brief interchange regarding Marxism, and I will get to those comments in just a few minutes. But my subject matter for this particular take two is what I was attempting to bring forward in take one. It started with an article I saw by a Dr. Marlene McMillan over at newswithviews.com. It's entitled, Verbal Engineering Precedes Social Engineering. Okay, Verbal Engineering Precedes Social Engineering. Now, a little bit about uh, Dr. McMillan. She is a doctor of theology, and she's got a few other degrees as well. And she looks at the world through a biblical lens and realizes that throughout history, there has been good, bad, and ugly. And we're leaving a good period in America and entering a bad period, which could get very ugly. So I'm going to read from some of the things she had to say in this article and then I'm going to opine accordingly. So it begins like this. And if I may, just a, a quick sip of coffee, something I used to do on KSFO radio every morning. I would do this. Ah, just like mother used to make. And I hated my mother's coffee. <laughs> That's true. I couldn't stand my mother's coffee. <laughs> I loved my mother, I just hated her coffee. (laughs) Okay, so getting back to the script. Social engineering is about using words to move a society towards a pre-designed revolution. That's what social engineering is. So a social engineer is someone who uses their words to move a society towards a pre-designed revolution. Social engineers. They don't use guns, they use words. The language of culture change is what is commonly called political correctness. That's the language of culture change, political correctness. We live in a day and age that is so politically correct. And this is what the social engineers are doing to us, friends. Political correctness, the process of getting someone to embrace the new language and the new thought patterns of the postmodern world. That's more specifically known as the dialectic process. This is something Karl Marx and Frederick Engels were brilliant at. You don't have to understand this process to see its results in this new social order that is being thrust upon us. So the first question she asks here is, how do you recognize a social engineer? Well, they're constantly challenging your language. Again, look at the day and age in which we live. I mean it's it's way beyond pronouns. You've got to be careful how you talk to just about anybody these days because if they don't agree with you especially politically that could be the end of any future conversation. They may cut you off so fast. So if it's your neighbor, your next-door neighbor or your coworker, suddenly you find yourself speaking in code political correctness code so you don't offend the guy or gal in the next cubicle so to speak or the person across the fence so to speak right these social engineers make statements against the language of public figures and shame public figures into public apologies for not speaking correctly oh my gosh trust me when i tell you I remember so many times on the radio where my my words would be taken out of context, my sentences would be taken out of the greater context, and I would end up losing advertisers over it. (laughs) Just amazing. People would paint me to be a racist, paint me to be a homophobe, paint me to be this, that, and the other by taking stuff radically out of context and then posting it, and before you knew it, Uh, the radio station would lose hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of advertising. Political correctness for oppression. You see, victims, and this happens in politics all the time. I mean, look what they're trying to do to Donald Trump on a daily basis. So far, he's been like Houdini. But they are just continuing to go after this guy any which way they can to the point where now you have arms of the federal government employed to go and entrap him, if at all possible. And, and <laughs> oh, okay, I'm just going to continue here because I, I just want to stick with what Dr. Marlene McMillan is saying. Then she gets into, well, okay, let me continue this. The victims are, are not our... Are, are captured, not behind the gulag, but in an invisible net of fear of offense. We're we're all fearful of offending somebody. Social engineers constantly talk about offense, offense, offense. They're offended. They're offended. You offend me. That offends me. Have you ever noticed this? So friends, nothing about forgiveness, they'll never forgive you for offending them, even if you were to ask for their forgiveness. And then there's relativism. Relativism is also a part of this creed. Any symbol of absolute truth is an enemy. Destruction is constant. Emotions are habitually heightened, keeping everyone thinking with their emotions. Emotions, emotions. Don't use rational thinking. No, no, no. We want emotions to be heightened. We don't want people to think. We want to tell them how to feel. Social engineers, they want everyone to speak politically correct. And of course, in political correctness, only certain arguments are allowed. Whenever a fact disagrees with their narrative, it's ridiculed, old-fashioned. We've moved past that. No one believes that anymore. Denier. One of the skills of a social engineer is the ability to create one's own facts. It's just like the book 1984 by, by uh, Orwell. It's like their ministry of truth in that book. The truth is whatever they say it is. Some of the most clever dialectic uh, rhetoricians I have ever seen have been the past three people who have been press spokespersons, uh, the, the, the three people that have been press spokespersons for Joe Biden. There have been three of them. How these people are so adept at quickly turning on a dime and controlling the conversation with their version of the truth And they put it forward with such confidence and such articulation that if you don't know the truth, you'll swear they're telling it. When in fact, they're lying right through their teeth with a smile on their face, no less. It's the ministry of truth from 1984 all over again. These social engineers also know how to seize the moment. They'll take feelings of discontent and totally fuel them to new heights. And of course, it's the old adage, they will never let a crisis go to waste. When injustice occurs, they use the failings of the system or the misappropriation of good laws to convince people the whole system is broken and needs to be replaced. And again, again, no one certainly in the media stops to ask, what's going on here? No one cares for the truth. And certainly no one asks, well, okay, once we have this revolution, what's it going to look like afterward? The masses like the deceit, and they beg, they beg for more. Part of the process of social engineering requires that the masses get weaker and more dependent, and the leaders become more tyrannical and more authoritarian in the name of freedom or revolution essential liberties, and personal dignity are gradually, gradually done away with. That's what's happened every time Marxism's been employed, friends. At this point, the masses have a brief opportunity to awaken, but history shows that it's a little easier and safer if you just go along with the program. Because if you awaken and speak up, well, it'll be just like that Chinese woman I was telling you about. You'll wind up in the gulag or worse. The well-conditioned mob, that's what we have today. The well-conditioned mob instills their own tyrant-like thinking and they think that they can trust themselves. This, this mob of tyrants where their tyrant-like thinking believes that they can trust one another. And certainly they can trust their leaders. But again, this happens each and every time. By the time the masses, the useful idiots, as Karl Marx used to call them, or maybe it was Vladimir Lenin, Vladimir Lenin, the useful idiots, as Vladimir Lenin would call them, as soon as they would figure out that they've been used as pawns, it goes from good to bad to ugly. It's too late. For now, they're, they're slaves in their own former country Marxism always, always results in chaos. It's interesting because that woman that I was speaking with earlier today at the radio station who did her 10 years in the, the concentration camp, we started talking about democracy and this is something I'm writing about in the new book. But the left will tell you they're all for democracy. One vote for each person. And of course... Democracy is the same as mobocracy because whoever has the greater numbers of voters wins and they can call all the shots in the world of democracy. You see, in democracy, there are no checks and balances. They want the whole show. But you have to understand, and this is something I'm going to reveal in my new book, Karl Marx admitted that democracy is a wonderful tool, but it's a temporary tool. It's the tool that takes you from capitalism to communism. Let them vote. Let them feel like they're a part of the system. Let them feel as if they have a say. One vote, one person. But once we finally get our majority into power, then we can finally do away with this whole one vote, one person mentality, and we can institute Pure communism. It goes from good to bad to ugly. And this is just what this uh, woman was telling me about. She said, you know, it's interesting when the Cultural Revolution took place and communism was instituted across China, uh, there was a period of redistribution and people thought, this is great, this is wonderful, wow, we have a free place to live. Whoa, we have clothes, wow, there's food, this is great, we really don't even have to work, it's fantastic. That only lasted for a brief period of time, and then it got very hellish, very fast. Now, some would say, well, look at at China now. My gosh, I mean, you know, Apple's over there, and all the companies are over there, and I mean, people are driving Teslas. I mean, there are more Teslas in, in Beijing than anywhere in the world, and it's just fantastic. No, 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 no. It's a police state. It's a surveillance state. There is no freedom of thought. I see it here in the Bay Area all the time. when I see, I see Chinese people who are very new to this country, straight from the CCP. And what do you see with these people? When they're driving, they're always looking straight ahead. They would never dare look to the right or left in their vehicle. When they go to a restaurant, if there are, if there are six, they'll all order the exact same thing. They want to be the same. No one wants to really stand out. They don't want to look to their left or the right for fear that, well, you've got to stay in your lane. You don't want to look suspicious. You certainly don't want to look at an authority figure the wrong way. They've been conditioned. It's a surveillance state. It's a police state. God forbid if you're a Christian and you decide that you're going to evangelize, you are gone, no judge, no jury, no trial, you're in a camp. And if you can't be rehabilitated. And yet this friend was, this new friend was telling me, she tells people that here in the United States and everybody thinks she's lying. No one believes her. No one believes her. Social engineers know how to seize the moment. They know how to take control of the conversation. They understand the end game. Part of the process of social engineering requires that the masses get weaker and more dependent and the leaders become more tyrannical and authoritarian. It's amazing. The masses are the revolutionaries initially who supply the labor and the tools and the money to destroy their own civilization in the name of revolution. And by the time it happens, it's too late. The well-conditioned mob instills their own tyrants thinking that because they are, well, these are our own people, no. She's great, I see her on TV, she's a great politician. Love him, absolutely love him. How much money can can I send to his or her campaign? By the time they figure it out, they'll realize they've been pawns and it's too late. The pawns become slaves in their own former country. Marxism always results in chaos. Every time. Everyone, rich and poor, end up becoming unhappy because the redistribution of wealth becomes so obviously unfair and, as I mentioned, so temporary because the system always runs out of money and goods to redistribute. They've tried to do their best to keep their game afloat in China, but they're hanging by a thread right now economically. And once you get out of the big cities, you're quickly into a third world country. You know, there are people in parts of China because it's a gigantic country, There are people in parts of China, you have to understand this, who have no idea there was ever a cultural revolution. That's how remote they are from everybody. The poverty is just absolutely outlandish. Transformational Marxists, they don't use guns, they use words to deceive. They're celebrities, they're artists, they're journalists, they're teachers. They're attorneys, they're civic leaders, of course, they're politicians, they're members of the clergy, they're economists, they're environmentalists, they're leaders in every walk of life. These are the transformational Marxists who think it's all going to be so good. This is a tactic of tyrants throughout time. And the social engineers, oh, they're the change agents for Marxism. They're the change agents for the revolution. They're the change agents to destroy capitalism. When the modern social engineers gain ground. I just want to let you know, there will be some who issue the warnings, perhaps as I'm doing right now, but most will just end up going with the flow because it all either sounds too wild or, jeez, they just don't want to be shut down, censored, lose friends, not get so many likes. But I contend, just as Dr. McMillan does in this piece, the revolution is well underway. Again, if you're interested in that piece, you can find it at newswithviews.com. Sussman.com is my website. Facebook, Brian Sussman Show. And for daily doses of inspiration on Instagram, Brian Sussman show until next time.